So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast equivalent of Felipe Drogovic. It was all about Drogovic a couple of weeks ago. Now, nobody remembers who he is. Who? Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the forgotten intro of F1 podcasts. I only put this in because I came up with a really good intro and then I forgot it before I had the chance to write it. So That's good. You know. What? Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, as funny as a broken wrist. I mean, that is pretty funny. Probably broke his other toe smashing into him. Probably broke his other toe when Alonso kicked his door in afterwards, but that's another story. <laughs> Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the Ocon pit stop of F1 podcasts. One, calamity two, calamity. three, four. Now you can start. Oh, you started already? Right, <laughs> 10 second penalty. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, having to rethink our concept. Our side pods are all wrong. We've kept the exact same concept for the last 20 years. <laughs> Except adding Man of the Match to driving about six years ago. I oh, think yeah, we should stick good. at it. We've got a chance. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the new podcast from Whisper Productions. I'm Eddie, I'm Eddie fucking Jordan. Guinness and up your, up your Irish. <laughs> In a Scottish accent. <laughs> I can't do it. No, I'm Eddie Jordan. Oi, fucking hell. Get Look. up them stairs <laughs> now. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm G. Grez, and with a weary sense of inevitability, we are back to watch the slow grind towards Max Verstappen's third asterisk world championship. Tonight, from our very expensive home studios dotted all around Europe, we'll be looking back at the Bahrain Grand Prix, which may or may not have been a good race to be decided. We'll talk about total dominance, total incompetence, and probably a lot of total bollocks. That is all to come. Joining me is a man who is totally rad, gnarly, and tubular. It is Phil Tromans. I'm getting on a bit, and I didn't want to fall into the cliche of, you know, getting a blonde and a Porsche. So I decided to go back to my youth, and uh, at the weekend, I went out to the skate park on my rollerblades. Oh, God. Yeah. Is your daughter old enough to be embarrassed yet? Not yet. 
<laughs> and I took full advantage. She can come along with her scooter. Although I'd prefer she didn't, because if I'm skating, I don't have time to watch it. But yeah, went all right. Did 45 minutes, thought I was going to have a heart attack, hurt my arm a bit. And alongside him is a man who is also dipping back in time. It's Terry Saunders. <gasps> have you got rollerblades as well, Terry? Well, no, because I wouldn't be dipping back in time because I never had rollerblades because I have a terrible sense of balance. So <laughs> I am stepping back in time because this Friday in Berlin, I will be doing a 20-minute comedy set. <gasps> He's back! He's back! Yes. Which will be my first... I've done a few things. Have I mentioned this in the podcast? No. I've done a few bits in the last few months? No, no I don't okay. think so. The last time I remember you doing anything was both our live show and also when you did a very short thing for some scientists or something. I remember that. That was years ago. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I have been tempted back into the fold of comedy in Berlin. I've done a couple of things at Friends Things, and this Friday I will be doing a 20-minute set, which... If That's you don't quite a long comedy, set, yeah. A twenty-minute set, you need to really kind of have maybe a few months to build up, try it all out, and everything. And I've basically had to write it in a week. So, are you going to say it? Is it in German? Nein. Is it nicht auf Deutsch? Is it basically going to be rehashing jokes from the last series of FF1S? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. all about Amazing. Formula One. Formula Eyes comedy. Formula Eyes Thunder. They're just all films. That's very exciting. Chica, what have you been going back in time to do? I have just eaten a box of flapjacks, so I feel a bit sick. Could you get 20 minutes out of that? I reckon I could. Uh... <laughs> what, you want at half didn't... midnight? <laughs> didn't take me 20 minutes to eat said box of flapjacks, which I'm now like... showing you on webcam. Oh, Thomas Fudge. Hang on, Thomas Fudge's flapjacks. Posh. What? Posh. With a name like Thomas Fudge, surely you should only ever make fudge. They do look okay. pretty good, though. Oh, not as good Terry. as Terry. You always have to outdo me. I show you my flapjacks, and he gets his box o sushi out, and Phil gets his Jack Daniels. <laughs> Chica, you sounds like you're doing a lot of euphemisms there. <laughs> <laughs> new season, new format. Yes, it's the same format as before, but this time the new section isn't quite as good as we all expected. But listeners' corner is unexpectedly amazing so here's what you all said on facebook you can by the way also send us messages on twitter and instagram but we can't promise to remember to check them so here we go esteban ocon started his mildly awaited battle this season with new teammate pierre gasly by being comedically shite he overshot his grid slot got a five second penalty but then his team forgot to wait five seconds during his pit stop which then gave him a 10 second penalty and when he came in to serve that he promptly got another penalty for speeding in the pit lane and then he retired slow hand clap please now simon lee via email says the only story in town is esteban ocon my favorite part of the whole weekend is him complaining on the radio about getting the penalties by saying i don't understand i do these things all the time starting in the wrong place cheating at pit stops speeding in the pit lane he does these things all the time Christine McCalla says Ocon is still serving his penalties and he will sit there until the FIA thinks he gets it right. Dixon Cox says rumour has it that if you say Esteban Ocon in the mirror five times, he gets another five second penalty for the next race. And Kieran Wright says Esteban managed to compete with Maldonado for the most penalties in a race. Records are there to be broken. I think this might have been my favourite part of the whole race. Absolutely. It was just absolutely brilliant. It was amazing. 
it was just this kind of like fool me once shame on me <laughs> no shame on you <laughs> fool me twice shame on me get three penalties and it's like what the fuck is going on <laughs> like I know that you move to a new team there's a lot of new things to get used to we've seen it occasionally when a driver will drive into the wrong pit stop or something you know that's embarrassing but why was there such an absolute breakdown of like basic rules so this wasn't a new, this wasn't his new team it was his teammate who was new to the team he's been there for ages oh god it was Ocon wasn't it <laughs> yeah I spent do you know Gasly what this absolutely is smashed I, it I spent the whole weekend thinking that Ocon and Gazi were the other way around I don't know why anyway Jake Humphrey if you want to buy our podcast <laughs> <laughs> we're very expensive with all that insight <laughs> it was brilliant it was just one thing after another I mean I'm trying to think of a more comedically hilarious thing. It's like they were Ferrari. It was amazing. So, all right then, with that one out of the way, let's turn our attention to Fernando Alonso. So he hasn't won a championship in 17 years or a race in a decade. That is depressing, isn't it? So during his career, what? It's not depressing. It's not. It's not depressing. It's hilarious. Oh, you're cruel, but all right. It's yep. objectively funny. <laughs> during his career, he's taught... Yeah, but that could change. But anyway, during his career... It won't. It won't. Shush, it won't shush. <laughs> You wait. During his career, he's taught most teams uh, in the paddock, burning bridges as he goes. And yet, we can't help getting behind his scheming, backstabbing Berlend as he somehow finds himself in a decent car and gets a podium. Richard Nash said, I've decided I'm going to ignore the Red Bulls and pretend it was a close battle for the win. But Alonso battled through and took the top step. Jamal Makhlouf says, how many races until the Aston engine mysteriously starts falling to pieces every week? Keith Russell said, in an abrupt change, Mercedes will now copy Tracing Point Aston. Mm. Well, several things to talk about there. The tracing point point, no no pun intended, uh, it does appear, and was it Christian Horner who said it was great to see three Red Bulls on the podium? Because it does appear oh, that to a certain extent, uh, Aston have basically just copied bits of the Red Bull and stuck it on the best bits of the Mercedes and have somehow come up with a really good car. Well, let's also, let's also not forget that actually there's a bunch of people working for Aston Martin who have come from Red Bull. And Mercedes, I think, as well. Yeah. They've I'm not saying they've been illegally stealing cash. ideas. But yeah, there's definitely been some brain drain going on. But, you know, a customer car shouldn't be quicker than the than the manufacturer. Shouldn't, but it is. This is like when... Um, am I am I getting this wrong? Or did Alpha Tauri... Uh, oh, sorry, Toro Rosso win a race before Red Bull did? Yes, am I that's imagining right. That? that was right, that was right. This is the same, except Mercedes have won lots of races. But it's all to the same. Bye bye. Sorry, I'm just being Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> How long before Alonso does something to fuck this up? Oh, um, actually, will it be him or will it be circumstance? There is no way that Alonso's going to survive this year. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't believe for a second he's going to get so inflated ego that he's just going to like I don't know fuck fuck Stroll's wife or something. <laughs> just be like everything's great, isn't it? <laughs> I, I I can't I can't bring myself to support it. I mean it was it was sort of satisfying to see him doing quite well, but then I was like, no, it's Alonso. He's got 
20 odd years of just being repeated. I mean, I suppose. Arch dick. I suppose the thing is, if you look at it as a point of view of a story, it looked like Alonso's story was going to be more like keep going year after year, getting slightly more and more embarrassing as he's one of those drivers that's way past his best. And he'll, he'll do like a final year in, you know, a, a, a Haas or something. And it'll be like, oh, God, that's really fucking sad. And out of nowhere, he's, you know, once in a blue moon, he's in a correct move. And actually, for the story, if he can have a last couple of years of being at the top or near the top, you know, let's give him that. Because no other driver has put the work in to shit on their own career as much as he has. Mm. So in that way, I actually, we all know that I'm quite fickle. But... I've always hated Alonso, but I was really rooting for him this week because I really want him to do well. Do we? What do you think about the idea of him almost getting there? Do you remember when he was at Ferrari? I can't remember which year it was, where there's that famous shot of him with the thousand-yard stare where the title was taken away from him in the last race for whatever reason it was. What if that happens again at Aston? Like, he, he almost makes it, and then actually Verstappen comes through and wipes the floor with him, and it's all taken away from him again. Yeah, but or he's disqualified to, and from the whole you, season. If you're telling me to choose between Verstappen and Alonso, I have to go with Alonso. Really? I have to. Wow, you really don't like Verstappen. Think of all the dickhead things Alonso has done in his life. But if you notice that Kimoa has been... Mm. Is not, he's not got Kimoa hats on anymore. They, they, they've got a tiny absence. sponsorship, but his Kimoa... I reckon the Kimoa hat was what was holding him back. Well, is, is, that, is it Tommy Hill? What is it that Lawrence Stroll over? He's a fashion guy, isn't he? What does he own? I can't remember. He is Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah. Is he Tommy Hilfiger? <gasps> He's going to get Hamilton. Well, that was always the plan, wasn't it? But, you know, Hamilton. <gasps> Maybe that will happen midway through the season. Alonso will get replaced oh my by Hamilton. Oh, my God. No, Stroll will get replaced by Hamilton. And it'll be Hamilton versus Alonso again. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be amazing. So of the teams that had a shocker, surely McLaren fared worse. The car is a dog. First of all, and both of them didn't work properly newcomer piastri retired with electrical issues and probably wishes he hadn't spurred alpine while norris drove well but had escaping air or something maybe he couldn't breathe adam bronkos said what is that word when you've turned down a seat in an alpine car to move to mclaren and have to pull out of the first race while the seat you could have had finished in the points and Nick Purple said, Zach Brown is able to find bottomless money from the sponsors, yet they still can't find speed. Get ready to add Lando to the list of talent McLaren has squandered. We can save him a seat next to Stoffel. And John Silio says, Piastri didn't know that signing Mark Webber as an agent also meant getting his reliability as well. Oh, John. <sighs> meow. I mean, it's a long season, but... They're fucked. There's still <laughs> 47 races to go this season, so anything can happen. But they do appear to have absolutely bollocksed it. Looks like they've built a car to the different rules than everyone else. Oh, they're, they're, they're allowed to work. What? The cars are allowed to work this season. Nobody told us this. We misinterpreted it. We thought they had to break down all the time. They broke down all the time in testing. They broke down in the race. But it's the classic thing. You, you can have a car that breaks down a lot and fix the reliability problems. But when it's not broken, it's slow as shit and impossible to drive. But actually, it's it's all of those things. And it's not like one issue. It's several issues. Was it Piastri also, had electrical trouble. Norris had escaping air. Um, and it kept having to come in I've to had get some of that tonight. To <laughs> oh, that's the sushi for you. Um, 
And then I think it was something entirely different during testing as well. They just seemed to have... Oh, yeah, in, in testing, it was like they hadn't used the right glue or something, and the front the front of the car kept falling off. I know we said this... Comedically the, poor. I know we said this on the testing podcast the other week, but I think... I think that Ricardo has been utterly shafted by McLaren because I think that car is... This 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 car is as bad as last year's car or the year before car. And it's it's just... I. It's Norris has got some weird ability to drive a shit car, and that's sent McLaren in this weird wrong direction. And they're fucked. They're totally fucked. Imagine mm. if you put Norris in a good car. Maybe well, Norris would be shit in a good car. Maybe. <laughs> maybe you can only drive bad cars. Mm. No, I mean, we. I think we talked about this last week, didn't we? Where I, I'm increasingly thinking that actually Norris is really good, but uh, as Nick. Pebble said he might, he might be just wasting it. Didn't he sign a really long career with a really long contract? Yeah, because a couple of years ago, it was like, oh, Charles Leclerc signed five years for Ferrari. Norris has signed 81 years for McLaren. Verstappen signed up until he dies at Red Bull. You know, it's just like these ridiculous long contracts don't mean anything because as soon as Audi opened their checkbook, Norris is going to fucking Audi. We know that for mm. a fact, don't we? I bet you can't. But wait. the problem is, will Audi be a shit show? Well, because that's who's another. in charge of Audi? The Germans? No, no. Adrian's, Adrian Sutil. No, what's his name? Is it Andreas Seidel? What's the? Oh, it was Andreas Seidel. Yeah, and, Andreas Seidel. Maybe and he was just, just in charge. Of maybe he just literally left a left a sort of design bomb when he left. He was like, I'm just going to fuck. No, up because when he car. was in charge of McLaren, McLaren was shit. So it's this idea of going, oh, the genius has gone to Audi. Well, they like, got better. A they won a they won a race. Oh, they won a race. Bullshit. I don't believe it happened. <laughs> Okay, Sorry. <laughs> so another news. Who in F1 worries about disfigurement? Presumably everyone in the wake of Roman Grosjean's fireball a couple of years ago, but particularly Lewis Hamilton. He's got himself an exemption from the in-car jewellery ban because the doctor said he could be disfigured if he keeps taking his nose ring out. Discuss. Mm, right. If you read this, it doesn't actually mention the nose ring. It just says jewellery and disfigurement. I think he's had his penis done. Okay. Prince Albert. Prince Albert. Okay. It could be. No. I want to go on record and say I have not had a penis piercing. <laughs> just in case people think I have. Phil, I don't know if you want to share the share that have this opportunity to confirm or deny your it's a safe penis. space, Phil. A penis no, but I do have some experience in this area. What? Not that area, a different area. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I had uh, I had something else pierced some years ago and I took it out and I tried Nipple? to put it back in again. Yes. Ah, because there was no, rage at the time. Phil Tromans had a nipple pierced. <laughs> I did. And I had my eyebrow done as well at one point as well. But no. I had my eyebrow done as well. That Quite was the terrible. rebel. Um, but I, I, uh, at one point I, I caught it skating, yeah. to, to loop back around to the intro, I caught it skating and ripped it. Um, and I had it put in, and it was never quite the same because I had to take it out, put it back in, get, and it, it messed it up a bit. And now I have. What age were you when you had this? What age were when you when I had it done? I don't know, like yeah. twenty maybe. Oh, have you, have you got a picture? I think we all need to see a picture of young Phil with a nipple pin. <laughs> I think I do actually. I actually had it until relatively recently. At um, when? Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Have we done a podcast with you? Ever with you? Have had a nipple piercing? Uh, we might have done. Oh my the early God. days, yeah. I feel like Maybe. that changes everything. Yeah, I feel like it's a dirty secret that we should have known about. 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why I'm not on the F1 grid. Why, that's why your T-shirt was always bleeding. <laughs> exactly, I mean, you jest, but that's exactly what happened when I cut it and it was just bleeding everywhere like I was lactating blood. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, though, if you think we are right, then why not buy us a beer? Thank you to the people who enjoyed our pre-season episode they dug deep they are emily knights who says terry i love you but the love is tinged with shame and distrust <laughs> chica we have a mutual friend so you must be as awesome as you sound <gasps> that is but kind of cool phil you are the wonderful glue that holds this shit together your facts are my facts more pints to come oh thank you emily I love that because I've now got a new ringtone of Chica saying she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean White. Whoa, the snowboarder, the multiple gold medal-winning <clears throat> snowboarder. Thank you, Sean. I don't care what the fuck he's. I don't care what the fuck he's won. He, he hasn't given he us hasn't a love given letter. Us a message. No, he's, he's too busy being radical. Name. Matt's copying. That's what he's got. Pierce nipple. <laughs> And a huge well. thanks to our monthly donors keeping us in beer through the bitterly long winter. This is the full roll call. <gasps> Brad Youngman, yeah. Michael Digby, Rigby, oh. Rigby, Rigby. Rigby. Marble127, oh, I love that marble, Michael Perry, not yes. so keen on that Michael, Keith Falconer, hey Keith, Bernard War, War, War is, was in past tense in German, Chris Lee, Chris, Chris, Paul Chris. Hewings, <laughs> Paul Hewings is in capital letters, that means he's important, <laughs> drumroll, Jenny and Ralph Briner. We love the fact that direct debits are hard to cancel. <laughs> Andrew Cunningham. Yeah. That's I've got a Cunningham. <laughs> Bryce Davies. Bryce, Bryce, all things nice. I like Bryce because he smells off spice. Jason R. Bradley. Jason R. Bradley, Jason R. Bradley, nothing rhymes with Jason R. Bradley. David Finley. Finley Quail, Finley Hale and Pace. Finley Quail, there's a name I haven't heard of a while. Gabriel Rosenquota. Which is also a name I haven't heard for about a month. Yeah, thank you, Gabriel. <laughs> Neil Fraser. We're doomed. Andy That's Wallington. Nobody, nobody under 40 is getting that joke. <laughs> Great. Well, if there's anyone under 40, fuck off to Jake Humphrey's podcast, you <coughs> weasley millennial. Me? What? Are you under 40? Are you going yes. to Jake Humphrey's oh, podcast? Yeah, yeah I'm oh, listening fine. right now. I've got no idea what you guys are saying. No, no have I, to be fair. Andy Wallington. Thank you, Andy. Keith Russell. That oh. sounds like a dog with a moustache. <laughs> Greg Hoffman. God. Greg Hoffman, Greg Hoffman. There's actually a uh, shop in Berlin called Hoffman's which sells soft drinks. Cool. Good. Donald Griffin. Yeah. Ooh. And Christopher what? Beck. Beck nice. make the worst non-alcohol beer. Join them. Join them all. Head to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. Teams, 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 te
Let's be honest, after lap one, we knew who was going to win the race. Lap two, the championship. Lap four, the next few elections. And by the second half, <laughs> he was going to become patron saint of everything by the time he's 30. Max Verstappen won. And to be honest, for me, it was boring. He pretended to have problems to keep our hopes up, but that felt a bit patronising. I think looking to the rest of the season, the question we're all asking is, what problems will he make up next? I'm not sure he will. I think he'll increasingly take delight in crushing the, crushing everyone. And he's just going to be like, yeah, of course I won. I'm Max Verstappen. I'll crush everyone. I think he's going to be Oh, I just want something to go wrong. At least I think he's going to be so dominant that he's hardly going to feature in the race at all because he's just going to be out there in front on his own and there's going to be no camera coverage of it. I want people who have not been listening to the podcast for very long to remember that we also hated it when Mercedes were really dominant. That's true. But at least there was an inter- in- at least Mercedes had a bit of an inter-team battle over a couple of years. Yeah, this is this is Verstappen dominating with a number Perez, 2 driver. Yeah, Perez being good enough to get second by a long way. But quite a long way behind Verstappen. Oh. Like there's there's no chance that they're going to battle for the title at all. Max is going to walk it. As I think I said in the predictions, just to remind you. Do you remember? I don't know why. I don't know why I mentioned this, but do you remember that year that Schumacher broke his leg? Yes. I don't know why I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be yeah. Uh, be a shame if that were to happen at Silverstone <laughs> again, wouldn't it? <laughs> God, can you imagine the fans if that happened? Bloody oh, hell! <laughs> well, if Hamilton put him in the wall again, but this time he broke his leg. No, even if it was like in qualifying and he just went off because the brakes went, it would be a whole like, oh, it was the FIA because. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, I'm just this. Anyway, let's move on. Red Bull. I don't want to talk about. If there's it. somebody, if there was, you know, somebody looked like they cut his brake lines with a rusty nose ring. Should we pretend <laughs> that Red Bull don't exist this year? <laughs> Should we literally just not the, mention? I think them? a lot of the coverage will be doing that because we're not going to see him in the races. It's going to be boring think, just to watch him tool around his own. Right. As a thought experiment, right? No, in as an actual experiment, let's try to not mention Red Bull for the rest of this podcast. Okay. Aston Martin. Oh, they're doing well. They're, they're in the lead. I believe Alonso won the race. I know, it's fantastic, isn't it? The pace is real. Finally, Alonso is in a car worth driving and wearing a livery he looks fab in. Not only that, this car can be driven by someone with broken wrists and a broken foot. An inclusive car. Alonso got points, but he should have got more points for saying that Stroll was a hero, even after the fucking idiot hit him. How long will this match made in heaven last? And that is both cars and teammates. That is a very, very good question because Alonso has form for annoying everybody. And, and also, let's not Lawrence forget. Lawrence Stroll looks like he would kill a man for looking at him wrong. And also, Lance Stroll has form <laughs> for just making silly fuck ups as well. Like, I mean, I know, okay, look. <laughs> falling off his mountain bike. Well, look, we know that he was in a lot of pain and is that it, let's 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 give stroll the, the credit he deserves he was equally a hero this weekend and a fucking idiot he was in a lot <laughs> of pain most... and and then he fell off his mountain bike Oof. but you know like someone was saying i think it was actually jack nichols on the coverage was saying about how if it would have been a shoemaker or somebody that had driven with a broken wrist it would have been a hero's drive but because it's Lance stroll who's like a nepo baby everybody thinks he's a dick and I think both of those things can be true. I think that one, it was very good of him to manage to drive that car in such great, in such agonising conditions. But also, just twenty-eight races this year. Just give, just give up a race. You know, you didn't have to do it. He's not going to win the title, is he? 
He's give, not going to win give, the title. Give Drugs a chance. Uh, Drogovic a chance. And you know if. It, what if he's caused himself more damage this week by driving around? Because I'm not a doctor, but if you've got broken wrists that hurt to the point that it hurts if you crash into another car, which is a, a medical test, then surely <laughs> wrenching it around on the steering wheel for a couple of hours on a Sunday afternoon isn't going to help the healing process. It's just my... Nor, nor will driving your car into another car. That also. That yeah. can't, have That's been, can't, have been, can't have been good. But maybe he's doing it so he gets Felipe Drogovic even more time when he causes himself a chronic injury and has to retire, therefore freeing himself from the life of slavery in F1 that he's found himself in. But let's give let's give a, a, a round of applause also to Aston Martin because apparently Alonso several times was asking who crashed into him at the start and have they been dealt with and the team just kind of went what was that sorry I can't hear you Alonso what was that and that's the tactic you've got to have with Alonso is just pretend that there's something wrong with the radio uh, yeah about, about, about five about five yep yeah. pick confirm yeah it's on the way it's on the way yeah 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 yeah, yeah mate yeah that's about yeah Will is this a one off do you reckon is, is that car really the second fastest race car I'm oh, sorry I mean the fastest race car sorry <coughs> forgot we were doing that I think I think it actually fucking is. I mean, Bahrain's a bit of a weird track, mm. but it wasn't... It's not that weird, though, is it? It's not like Australia, which used to be the season yeah. opener where it was completely random. Like, it was genuinely quick. And th- someone else pointed out that, um, you know, Alonso had a couple of bumps. Alonso and Stroll bumped into each other. Like, that car is also pretty hard going. You know, mm. it's, it's not it's not a four and apart. And, you know, we joke, but if you can drive it with a broken wrist... It must be a pretty good car to drive, you know. Yeah. I'd imagine that if, if you were good, I'd, I'd imagine that the McLaren is harder to drive with a broken wrist. Mm. <laughs> we should break uh, Norris's wrists <laughs> for science. He'd be fine. Yeah. yeah be oh, a, great! Just get me the fuck out of here. That'll be a special episode for uh, people that subscribe to us on Patreon, which we don't have. have. We got a Patreon? No, but we should get one just so we can go and break Norris's wrists. I wonder how much we'd get. Five or a month. <laughs> Five or a month and we'll start physically assaulting drivers. <laughs> Brilliant. Ferrari. Behind Red Bull, maybe behind Aston Martin. Still unreliable and now with a grumpy boss. What's to love at Ferrari? Things change, but they stay the same. Signs was a bit shit. Leclerc was actually quite good, but didn't have a chance to catch the Red Bull, so it's irrelevant. Mm. Um, it wasn't strategy this time. It was just unreliability. Yeah, the car just gave up. But what was worrying about it was that the Ferrari had to change their like electrical unit on the morning of the race. And apparently you're allowed two of those for the year. So that's a good <laughs> oh, <God. start. laughs> So they didn't even get to the first race before they had to change it. <laughs> well, I think that might be what I've conked out at the end. So, so they could potentially, if that happens in the next race, like they have to change it before Saudi, they then could potentially have a grid penalty for every single race of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and that's before we start to get to the strategy fuck-ups and the inevitable driver fuck-ups. And uh, I'd, uh, I mean, and also, I, I, don't know, I don't know what's left to say. It's going to be the same as last year. And also, Sainz got overtaken on merit by Alonso. Mm. And actually, if Stroll hadn't bumped into Sainz, uh, Alonso at the start, uh, then probably Sainz would have probably been behind yeah, the he lost, a, he yeah. lost a position then, didn't he? So Yeah, exactly. So it's actually not looking that good for Ferrari. 
Although they say it's not a fundamental part problem with the car, it's just they don't know how to set it up, which is a ballsy thing to admit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, we not... haven't got a fucking clue what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. It's not a problem with the car, it's just our incompetence. We are thick. <laughs> I don't know where we got here, to be honest. I went to the wrong airport. I went to Bristol Temple Mead <laughs> station. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that still is the kind of thing Ferrari would do. <laughs> uh, we are here waiting for the plane at the Temple Meads. Uh. <laughs> Mercedes. Oh, phew. Mercedes haven't gone downhill that much because they're not that much worse than Ferrari. Oh, remember, Ferrari is shit. On the plus side, this season their car isn't shaking all over the place. And somehow, in interviews, Hamilton didn't sound like he was going to quit. Why and how? I think he quite enjoyed the battle with Alonso. I quite enjoyed the battle with Alonso that he had. They had a little. He a little seemed tussle. to put up a, f- yeah, but he seemed to put up a fight of about ten seconds, and then was like, "Ugh, yeah. fine." Well, if if these two teams are actually relatively well matched over the season, that could be very entertaining, because we get a we get the story of a Mercedes battling somebody, which we haven't had for a while, because they were sort of in no man's land last year, weren't they? They were not as fast as Mercedes and Red Bull, but they were faster than everybody else. Um, oh, sorry, they weren't as fast as Ferrari in Red Bull, but faster than everybody else. But now, if they've got a direct rival, we get we get Hamilton Alonso battling again. We get Mercedes with with a with another team to battle. We potentially get uh, Russell getting involved in it as well because he's pretty good. I think it's quite fun. I think I think Hamilton's like, well, I'm not going to win the title, obviously, because the car's not good enough. But maybe I could have some fun. But I don't think that's going to happen because I think Mercedes are going to be closer to the midfield. I th- I because. The, the fact that Toto Wolff said at the after qualifying on race one of the season, whoops, we fucked up with this car. It's like, that's not, <laughs> that's not helpful, is it? You I don't mean, go, oh, well, a verbatim a quote, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he said we've gone the wrong direction because we've stuck to our stupid idea of having no side pods for mm-hmm. the whole year. <laughs> what was interesting about that is not only did you say that about the car that they arrived with, they also said that about the car that they got in the works. Like they've got an upgrade coming. And I believe if I've read it right, that Toto no, also that said, well, yeah. I don't think that one's going to be any good either. <laughs> so he's got and no what faith in what is, they're putting out. So the Aston Martin has got the back end from the Mercedes because it's got the Mercedes engine and gearbox and all the rest of it. So it comes with a certain amount of similarity because it's all got to fit in the same box. But Aston Martin use Mercedes wind tunnel because they haven't got a wind tunnel yet. So Aston Martin's been designing their really good car <laughs> using Mercedes engines in the Mercedes factory. <laughs> they, they seem to have actually managed to make a Franken car using the best bits of Mercedes and the best bits of Red Bull. Which is actually, as I'm, I'm not an engineer, but I have just read Adrian Newey's book, so I know a fair bit now. Um, <laughs> it's actually quite difficult because everything has to work so much in sync with every other little bit on a car that you it's can't... It's all about flowing this. And yeah, you that. can't yeah. generally take the best bits of all the best cars and stick them together because they just won't work with each other. But it does seem like they've managed to get some compatibility on the Aston. I mean, they've they've designed... The thing is, from all the stuff I've read from people who actually know what they're talking about, as in not us, <laughs> it's a fucking good car. Like, it, it drives well, it's fast, they can lean on it, all these things. And if it wasn't for the Red Bull being so fucking amazing, then actually that would be a championship contending car. It might be like, yeah, having a pretty damn good car in the era of, you know, Jean Tot Schumacher Ferrari or Hamilton... Yeah you know Hamilton peak dominance Mercedes and stuff or Vettel Red Bull or every other dominant thing that we've had for the past 20 years yeah why are we complaining about Red Bull being dominant it's like it just all it's, that happens in Ford always happens. there's always a dominant yeah. team and we just grossly love it yeah. accept it hate it defeat it even when it's a one-off like one year Braun massively dominant 
Yeah. Uh, but at least Braun had the story of it, it got shitter and shitter throughout the years. They ran out of money. Well, maybe that. So have, maybe maybe that happened to Red Bull. They're not allowed. They're no, not allowed to do any testing. I think. If well, I they've got their wind tunnel restriction. So they've got a wind tunnel restriction for cheating last year. Mm. But also, Aston Martin have got extra wind tunnel because oh, yeah, they only finished fifth last shit. year. <gasps> this is very good. So actually, Red Bull actually, year. I believe actually, because Red Bull won and they got penalties for being so shit, they actually have yeah, to. Yeah. They have to actively make their car worse through the year. Ah. Well, they put Perez in it. <laughs> That's me. Maybe they put Ricardo in it as well. <laughs> they just bring back a series of guest shit drivers that they've rejected. They'll get Albon back oh, in. Oh, it's Scott Speed. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that coming through the paddock? Oh, it's Christian Clean. Williams. Our very authoritative pre-season podcast said that Williams were dead last. How did Albon score points and Lieutenant Loganberry finish 12th? <laughs> I love Lieutenant Loganbury. What a great name! It's Wasn't not he that. In a sh- he might have been. Was, the, was he the one that made the funny noises or had all the guns? No, it was High Tower and the other one. You, I'm thinking of the one who was. Anyway, don't care. Right. Uh, it does appear that the Williams is actually all right, which I think was it's as much of a su- much of a surprise to Williams as it was to anybody else. Because <laughs> even James Vowles, before the race, I, re- I read an interview with him, and he, they, they had said, like, what's the situation? Because he couldn't start until, like, just before the race because of his contract or something. And they said, what have you found? And he said, well, it's about as bad as I thought it would be, maybe slightly worse. And then they get to the race, and it's like, oh, actually, you've scored points, which a few seasons ago you didn't get all season. Yeah. So maybe it it's not terrible. Sense. I'm I'm very confused. I'm very confused. I don't understand what's going on. Was this the car? Was this Albon? Because everyone's generally rated Albon fairly highly. I don't think they think he's Albon's very good. He's good. And let's not you know. Sergeant did a pretty good job. One of the Ferraris left was this. What's the word? Retired. So (laughs) Albon finishing tenth is a little bit of that. But still, well done them. Yeah, I, well I, done. we didn't expect them to be anything better than you know seventeenth if they're lucky. So yeah, yeah, fair play. And Sergeant did all right, I think. And Albon has blonde hair. He does very blonde hair, unnaturally yes. blonde hair. I think it looks stupid. Do you think it's a tribute <laughs> of some sort? Is he going to grow? Do a I think ma- it's a tribute. Is he going to grow a big beard as well and get a big pair of think, glasses? Do you think that Alex Albon is? <laughs> caring is looking at pictures of me like I look at pictures of him. I mean, we do Skype <laughs> each other quite a lot. But we Honestly, the angle of the laptop, you can't often see the hair. <laughs> McLaren. <laughs> McLaren are reportedly trying to court Honda to come back and so have decided to be a shit as they were in bad old Alonso days. Whatever happened to them? But let's talk about feelings. I feel sorry for Piastri. He had a bad first race. It wasn't his fault and he hasn't grown facial hair yet. I do not feel sorry for Oscar Piastri, the little shit. Karma, karma, he karma, put karma, himself karma in this mess. And I've only got I've only got a quota of drivers to hate <laughs> and love each year. Now that I like Alonso, someone's got to drop down the list, and it's Oscar Piastri for being such a cocky little shit that now he's ended up. He's got a you know we'd said last week he's he's Alonso himself. He has absolutely shafted himself royally. He will not have a career anymore. No one will fucking touch him, and he'll be a McLaren driver until McLaren are inevitably bought by fucking Tesla or something. God, can you imagine? And they they do yeah. to them what they do, what Musk has done to Twitter. 
Yeah, very disappointing for McLaren. They've they've. Do you remember a few years ago they were really shit, and then they got to the point of being not bad, top of the midfield, and they've whatever they've done, they fucked it. I don't know what it is. Maybe Ricardo and Andreas Seidel just cut all the wires before they left. I mean, it is interesting because there's a thing about momentum in Formula One where you go, oh, McLaren are on the way back up to the top. Oh, they've come third in the championship or whatever. Oh, it's only going to be inevitable in a matter of years now before they're in the... Oh, no, shit. Oh, <laughs> oh. It's like they believe their own hype. At least with Williams, there was never any hope. Not for a long time. No. It's a shame. I feel bad for um, the new guy, Andrea Moda. He's a fool guy, isn't he? He's a scapegoat. Isn't, isn't he? You may as well call him scapegoat. Alpine. <laughs> Ockendred show off to his new teammate with how many penalties he could get. Three. Gasly just finished ninth and took Ocon's girlfriend. I like the idea that, Ocon, that they've just got one girlfriend between them. <laughs> Whoever does better at each race goes, oh, I'm coming, I'm coming home with you tonight, Pierre. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I mean, Gasly, everyone's praising Gasly because he went from last on the grid to points, which was good. But am I right in thinking he was only last because he had a terrible qualifying? Is that right? Or did something go wrong? <clears throat> no, he did have a terrible qualifying. And he said, basically, Alpine in testing and all the way through practice and Q1 didn't have the car turned up. And they were like, oh, we're, they were, are, we, are we saving something for last? Are we doing blah, blah, blah? And then they turned the car up and it didn't work properly. <laughs> <laughs> and Gazi said, none of it went as I expected and everything was a bit weird. It's like, well, you should have turned the car up in practice. That's the point of fucking practice, you moron. But he did well. He did well. Ocon, well Ocon, Ocon did not do well. Okay, Chica's disappeared for a bit because of things, so I'm going to do the hard bit. Alfa Romeo! Bottas grew a mother and a bogan moustache for an Australian advert, and now he thinks that's who he is. It's a bit sad, really. <laughs> he has gone very Australian. He spends a lot of time in Australia now because he has an Australian girlfriend, the cyclist know, but... Tiffany Cromwell. And he's now decided, with his Finnish accent, that he is, he is yes, he is But it was, all for, it was all for an advert, so it's just, it's a bit... Oh, was it? Yeah, it's a bit sad. In my, is that in why my I did opinion. it? I didn't know that. What was the advert? Was it Foster's? Some Aussie beer. Foster's? No, one of those Castle Mine Forex, Victoria Bitter. Castle Mine Forex. I think it was Victoria Bitter, actually. That's the only one that apparently Australians generally do drink. I'd never um, give a Castle Mine Forex for anything else. He did get points, though. Is he going to be I mean, another one of these drivers that's not good enough for a top team, but is pretty good for a mid- midfield team? He's been in the top team for several years. In fact, do you know what? When we were discussing Mercedes having interesting battles earlier on, I thought it went Rosberg, Hamilton. Russell Hamilton. I actually forgot Bossas drove for Mercedes for like 20 years. So that shows <laughs> the level that he's at. There are a lot of teams where you do that, where you forget that. Do you remember that Kevin Magnussen drove for McLaren for a bit? Nope. Sergio Perez me. drove for McLaren for a bit. Don't Quite a few me. drivers drove for McLaren for a bit and nobody remembers it. Do you know who didn't drive for McLaren? Bruce McLaren. D- um, oh, think about it. Sure. He may have done actually because he may have started the team at what he was yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds yeah. clever, doesn't it? Sounds like a good fact. Steiner blamed their bad performance on the tyres. And let's be honest, it's the cars. It's because the, the tyres are fine. It's the cars. Well, one of the cars was pretty good in qualifying because Hulkenberg. Mr. I've never gotten the podium and I haven't driven an F1 car in three years, apart from every now and again when somebody's injured. 
came in, blew Magnussen away in qualifying, got into Q3, I think. Let's let the listeners into a little secret of the podcast. On our amazing Google Doc script that we have every week, we have the finishing positions of the drivers for each team, which we never read out. We just have that as reference. And it says, Kevin Magnussen 13th and Nico Hulkenberg 15th. And those numbers look exactly right for those drivers. <laughs> it is, but there was a period when we thought, hang on, the Haas is all right and Hulkenberg's getting into Q3. Maybe think, they're regular point scoring. I think Haas and Williams have swapped over this week. No one knows why or how. They <laughs> just swapped all the stickers around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have too many hopes, but... It seems that the teams I thought were shit are not as shit as I thought they were. Maybe everything. The whole grid is squeezed up a little bit. And I can't back that up with any times or data. The time difference between first and last in qualifying was like about two seconds. And the last couple of teams had a bit of a drop-off. So the grid is incredibly close this year. Ridiculously close. It's a very astute point. Um, Thanks. I nicked it from another (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Um, But I wonder if that means that the back of the grid in fact maybe the whole of the non top three teams whoever they may be at the moment are actually just going to keep swapping around through the season which would be quite entertaining because let's face it as we said we're not going to get any entertainment right at the front it's just going to be Red Bull walking away with it shit we weren't supposed to mention them anyway um, but if everybody else is so close that depending on the track and the circumstances they're all mixing it up I'm actually quite looking forward to that I think it could be quite fun I think it might who's going to be the shittest this week yeah, I think it's going to be they should an interesting have a, year. They should have a reverse podium. After the main podium for the top three, they should have a podium for the bottom three. In our old attendance podcast, is mandatory. In our old podcast, or another F1 podcast, we used to have a Nodium, oh, which was... I love it. Oh, oh my God, we might bring this feature back. So, in, the eight, in 1988... Imodium. In 1988, when there was the last year of the Turbo teams and the normally aspirated teams... They had a thing called the Colin Chapman Trophy. Oh, they did, didn't they? Which was basically a championship for the The non-turbo cars. So why don't we do a championship for the non-turbo... But then where does Aston Martin go? Do they go in the... Oh, I think it's going to have to be... No, I think it's it's literally just like you you measure it by just flipping the the championship standings and whoever's the shittest is currently leading. So, currently okay, we'll, leading we'll, the Nodium after this race would presumably be McLaren? McLaren have no points. So. Yeah. And one retirement, so it must be them. Oh, actually, Alpine, oh. Alpine did get points, didn't they? Anyway, we, we can't work it out. We'll work it out for next week. But the sure. Nodium is going to be a thing. I love it. Well, we need Alpha a jingle. Tauri. Okay. Oh, Chica's fucked off without writing a bloody thing for Alpha Tauri. Alpha <laughs> Tauri, I, I'll just I'm, I'll, I'll make it seem... Freestyle it. Something. Give us 20 minutes. Alpha Tauri were there at the race but we didn't really see them Nick DeFries had his big debut what well, wasn't his debut and somehow Sonoda finished 11th is Sonoda good or is DeFries bad Sonoda well we know Sonoda can be good it's just that the trouble is when he's not being good he's being fucking awful he is a he is a, an on or off driver and um, that's right it seems like they've got a shitty car based on testing and the fact that I don't remember really seeing them well, I recall that they were unspectacular but quite slow, if I remember. And several okay. people reckon they might be right at the back. Um, and it doesn't seem like they're that bad, but it seems like Sonoda had a good day. And De Vries had a, this is only my second ever race in Formula One day. Um, and that was where they ended up. So if Sonoda yeah. can keep having good days, then hooray. 
but we all know that inevitably he will spanner it in every single session at one weekend coming up soon and we'll all think I mean, how is it, so, so apart from the apart from the DNFs so Lando finished last on track at 17th and Zogan Yu was 16th 15th was Hulkenberg in the house 14th was Alpha Tauri. so actually the, the spread of the nodium is it's quite varied those last teams those the bottom of the grid they are very close and all over the place so yeah this could be an interesting championship. I think so. I th- I'm, I'm looking forward to it more than I am the main one. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Oh, that handsome fellow. The story of 2023 so far isn't of Verstappen's domination, Mercedes fuck-up, or Ferrari carrying on their flatlining, but Aston fucking Martin... Now, look, I've watched Formula 1 for enough years to know how this should have gone. A big hot shot buys a midfield team, BAR and Tyrrell, for example, Ford and Stewart, or just about anyone else who bought the old Jordan team, and then talks up a three-year plan of getting to the top step. We're looking at you, Renault, McLaren, Honda version 2, and fucking Williams. They sign a big-name driver, such as Alonso at McLaren, Alonso at Alpine, or Alonso at McLaren again. <laughs> and also, the boss's son. Wait, what? And then, after a few years of laughable bluster, the whole project fails miserably and is sold on to the next chump, Honda, BMW, Sauber, or Spiker. So when Alonso, a.k.a. Mr. Every Choice I Make is Wrong, so just do the opposite of what I do, announced he was joining Stroll Jr. at the latest big-name vanity project, I knew exactly where this was going. And, um, it wasn't here. Don't worry, I have a solution. It's okay, Alonso won't let us down. He's blown up every team he's ever been at and there's no way on earth his new fatherly relationship with Lance Stroll will last. Not at least because Stroll already has a daddy at F1 and it's actually a bit weird that Alonso is being all caring and protective. Unless Lawrence and Alonso are planning to co-parent. Fernando's going to be living with us now. I won't call him dad, you can't make me! (laughs) But it's obvious what's going on. Alonso is being his normal Machiavellian self and is trying to A, keep the Strolls on side and B, especially befriend Lance so that he can walk all over him when he needs to. However, I think Alonso has met his match with Lawrence Stroll, and whilst, the go- and whilst the going is good, everyone will be happy. But when Fernando tries to make a move, he'll find he's been checkmated by Daddy Stroll, and he'll have nowhere to go. And I expect this to happen around September. <laughs> so let's wait and see. <laughs> oh, mark that one up, Producer Matt. Let's play that again in September and see where we're at. But I, I'm not betting against it. That's it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Trovans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about IndyCar. We just did. Oh, was that it? Was that yeah. your joke? That's, that was you yeah. Got nothing. Uh, and to Terry Saunders, <laughs> that chap, he's a, a lovely guy. Uh, we haven't talked about McLaren Red Bull, which is because Red Bull are making what? their engines. There's talks that McLaren have been in talks with Red Bull about having Red Bull engines. What? I missed this. Down. Oh, this we should have talked such, about that. This would be such a climb down for McLaren, who nearly made their own engines a few years ago, and now they're going to have to have sloppy seconds from oh. Red Bull. Ugh. We'll be back in two weeks to discuss the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix and the inevitable missiles. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for everyone's sake, and follow us on Twitter at for everyone's sake. And are we on Mastodon? Don't know. Terry, me, hello, yes. Where can people buy Birch? Birch? Birch is a type of tree, Terry. I think you meant to say merch, didn't you, Terry? Yes, Terry, I did. Thank you, Terry. You can do it, Terry, at ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Thanks for listening. See you in a week. I've been Chica Rez. Goodbye. Goodbye, Terry. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Podcast Network.